Hey everybody, welcome back to Friday Live. Just Matt here today. Tim is feeling a little bit under the weather. I'll, actually, that's not true. Tim's sick, <laughs> so he's curled up trying to get better and uh, so he can be back and join us. Um, wanted to talk a little bit. It's going to be a short one today uh, just because I don't think it'll take me that long to get through it, but I wanted to talk about, it's something that has been on our minds that Tim and I have been talking about um, for for a bit, and before I jump really deep into it, uh, always, as always, uh, if you're out there watching, be sure to, to give us a like, um, share the podcast on your, your social media page. I don't know necessarily, are we, are we on the page? I'm looking to see if we're actually on. I don't know that we're on. I don't see us being on. Are supposed to be streaming, but I don't see it. Where is it streaming to? I'm on. Okay, we're on. I see. I get a notice that we're on YouTube for sure. But so we'll just keep trucking. Um, but anyway, what was I saying? I don't even remember what I was saying. Um, Sean's gonna take care of making sure it shows up on Facebook. But uh, I think, are you Sean? He's working on it. Um, if nothing else, we can share the uh, YouTube link and just do it that way. Um. What are we talking about today? We're talking about don't let your doctrines become your God. What brought up this topic? I mean, that, I, I can hear somebody out there saying, what, what, what do you mean? And, and I want to give a caution before I even jump in, because anytime it seems like I get into this discussion with people, um, somebody always either wants to go to this particular place or accuses me of going to this particular place, which I'm not. Um, but someone always says, we want to throw out doctrine. Doctrine's not good, and doctrine is, is something we need to avoid. Well, I, I can't make that, that leap, and I'm not making that leap, um, because 1 Timothy 4 um, it will, and just others all over the place um, uh, encourages us to embrace good doctrine, to embrace sound doctrine. Um, the problem is with the word doctrine. Um, well, it's not the problem. One of the problems that we're going to talk about today is with the word doctrine, and what does it actually mean? And if you go back to like the New American, I think the New American Standard, maybe it's even back to King James and New King James, um, in First Timothy chapter four and verse sixteen, it, it, it we're admonished to to watch our doctrine and to be careful about it. But if you dig into that word that's translated there as doctrine, it, it really, and in some of the latter uh, translations, New American Standard, ESV, it would just say teaching. And so when we say the word doctrine, what we mean, what I believe the Scriptures mean, according to the original language text, is the teachings of the faith, the things that you teach. Um, not that you teach necessarily because you teach them or I teach them, but the things the Scriptures teach about itself, about God, about faith, about the walk, those are the things, the teachings of Christianity. Um, and, and if we, we can just actually go to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4. Let me get over there and, and read the verse that we're, that we're talking about. But, and that will lead us into what we want to talk about today, about not letting your doctrines become your God. If you've been around us very long, you know that 
one of the things that we constantly, constantly, constantly are putting before you and before people is that the things that we do in our religious walk and our faith, um, th that we can get our heads around the, the worship that we do, the style of worship, the words that we read, even the actions of reading the Scripture, fellowship, all of those things, those are shadows. Those are, are not the end goal, as it were. The end goal is to know God, is to know who He is, His nature and His character. And we talk about that a lot. But what we've seen in years you know, of, of doing this and growing up in the church and, and, and different things is, is that people a lot of times um, will take these teachings, will take a doctrine, a singular doctrine, and, and will make it the end goal. They'll make it everything that, that, that they are. Um, we out on YouTube today? Is that what we're doing? All right, I just got, okay, so it looked like we're up on YouTube. Sorry, I'm just making sure we got the, got the broadcast going here. We'll actually put this back out on the YouTube channel. I'll share it on Spotify and those sorts of things, too, if you're missing it on Facebook, but you can catch it later. Um, so, when we're talking, okay, first, let's just go to 1 Timothy 4 and verse 16. He says, pay, pay close, I'm reading the Christian Standard Bible, it says, pay close attention to your life, and your teaching. Now, in the King James, New King James, it will say to your doctrine. He says, pay close attention to your teaching. So that that right there is why I, I push back against people saying, oh, you just want to throw out doctrine. You don't, you don't care about doctrine. No, that's not the case, because the Scriptures plainly admonish, Paul is admonishing Timothy, young pastor here, a young shepherd, um, to be careful about what he teaches. This is one of those verses that I use to to bring out where again we're on this kind of series of talking about what it, what a mature believer looks like, what a maybe an elder type, a, a pastoral type looks like in in terms of how we walk and things like that. And an elder type person, not necessarily someone who's holding the office of an elder, but a mature believer in the faith is somebody who, if they find themselves teaching, says, pay close attention to your teaching. He says, persevere in these things, for in doing this you will save both yourself and the hearers. It is important to make sure that our teachings, uh, especially when we're leading others, um, adhere to what the Scriptures teach. But here's where we start getting all messed up, is we get on to particular doctrines, teachings, and we make those our flagship. We make those the things that define us. Um, Tim was talking, um, and who was able to be here today, he was going to talk about, you know, as Baptists, we have this once saved, always saved thing. Well, you're in, that's all, you know, that's all we, we, we care about, and you're in, and, and it's good to go. And anytime you get into that discussion, or you bring that up, nine out of ten times, the discussion devolves into whether or not that's actually true. Are you always saved once you're saved and those sorts of things well that if tim were even here that's not the direction we would take the the conversation the whole point of it is is there are groups subgroups of christians that they would hold that doctrine up that teaching up as the pinnacle of everything that they teach they would say that if you don't believe in that particular teaching that you I, let me let me back up there are those that would say and i know this because i've sat under them 
Um, and I've heard them say and teach that if you don't believe in the doctrine of perseverance of the saints, that you're probably not even saved. And that if you're preaching something else that, that you could lose your salvation, then you're a heretic and you can't be fellowshiped with and all those sorts of things. Well, in that moment, we've made that doctrine and that teaching the pinnacle and the paramount of everything that we're doing. Um, another hot button for this particular idea is election and predestination, which it dovetails into the once saved, always saved thing. But, um, and I don't know if I've told this story on, on the podcast before, but years and years ago, gee whiz, it seems like a thousand years ago, when I was working at a place in Terrell, uh, Tim was telling this story, I think about a month ago. Um, we had Friday Bible studies, and one of the men leading the study, a good mentor of mine, uh, named David, and uh, he, he was a, a Calvinist. And, and if you're talking about election and predestination, you're, and you care to have the conversation, you know a lot, you're probably going to fall in either a Calvinistic camp, which is predestination, election, and those sorts of things, or an Arminian camp, which is uh, against not, not on those things, you feel like you could lose your salvation, or maybe you're even somewhere in the middle, who knows. But he was an ardent um, uh, reformer. He was a reformed theology and is has deeply reformed theology. I was coming from a, a, a background that would claim to be Calvinistic in reformed theology, but in practice, in independent fundamental Baptist, in practice, by and large, are Arminians uh, in the way that they present the salvation, present the gospel message, and many of the ones that I grew up listening to on the radio and things like that actually would just, instead of saying you could lose your salvation, they would just say you were never saved, um, which is a different flavor of the same argument. And so we started studying, and, and I believe we were studying through the book of Romans, which is like the classic Reformed theology text. And I started on a study to prove this elder mentor who became a mentor. He wasn't really at the time. Um, I didn't revere him as that, unfortunately. But I, I just thought he was wrong. I knew he was sincere, um, and he really believed what he was teaching. I just thought he was wrong. And because of uh, 1 Timothy 4, I, I thought it was really important. So I embarked on a study, a deep study of my own, to try to prove him wrong and show him from the Scriptures the error of his doctrinal ways. And an interesting thing happened to me along. It took me about a year to really dig through it, and I just kept getting to these passages where the presupposed viewpoints that I had and that I brought to the table just kept getting proved wrong by the Scripture over and over again. And, and not even that it was necessarily sometimes even wrong, just the way that I thought things worked or the way that it had been laid out to me in the past that I had glommed onto, it wasn't exactly quite the way that it outlined in Scripture. And so I came to this conclusion, and, and where, I, where I fell on that was actually fairly irrelevant in terms of whether or not I believed in his five points of Calvinism or not, and... and to be fully transparent, um, I've got some issues with some of those points. Um, but that's not even the point. The point that we wanted to talk about today is the fact that there are groups of people who have let those doctrines, and, and that we would call them maybe ultra-reformers or whatever, that that's the only drum beat that they, the only drum that they beat, because that's the only thing that seems to be important to them. And what happens is we begin to shift our worship from the God of the teaching 
to the teaching itself. And that's what we mean by don't let your don't let your doctrine become your God. Because there are brothers and sisters in Christ in the world that believe differently than you and I believe about certain things. And one of us is right and one of us is wrong if we're diametrically opposed on a particular issue, let's say. Um, but more often than not, my experience has been is that we're probably both not exactly quite right on any given topic, um, not specifically election or whatever. Um, but another instance would be the, the whole King James only debate. Uh, I grew up in a King James only environment. Um, and there's, you know what? I'm okay with that. I love my King James, preach out of it from time to time, use it in my, in my study. Um, it's a wonderful Bible translation. But when that becomes the pinnacle, the apex of how you define a, a, whether or not a person is really a believer or whether they're really right with God is that they're using one particular translation of the Bible, um, it, it betrays a lot of things. Number one, that, that we haven't necessarily done your linguistic homework on how the translation process worked then, works now, and, and those sorts of things. It may actually mean that you're not doing a lot of original language in the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic study on your own um, and digging in, which those tools are freely available to everybody. You don't have to be a Greek scholar or seminary graduate to do it. But even more than all of that, to take that issue that's not a biblical issue, the Bible nowhere says, thou shalt use the King James only. That does say you shouldn't add to it or take away to what? To the words that were given to them. They weren't given the King James. I actually heard a preacher on a, on a recorded sermon one time. I don't remember who he was. He wasn't anybody big or famous. I just stumbled across him. But I literally heard him say in a sermon, if the King James was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. And the sad thing was, we, we use that every now and then as a joke. The sad thing was, is he actually believed that Paul wrote the scriptures in the King James English. And it, I mean, we're talking thousands of years, a couple thousand years of uh, you know, even between you know Jesus and 1611, it's 1,611 uh, years difference. I mean, it just that's not what happened. And they they wrote this in the in the Koine Greek, and as far as the New Testament goes, he's talking about Paul. And so, what we find happening is is that people elevate doctrine and elevate teachings. That actually create divisions in the bodies. Like, oh, I can't, I can't associate with this person because they believe in this teaching or that teaching, or we're going to withhold our our fellowship from this group of people because they believe differently on something else. And and I've said it for almost thirty years in the ministry that that doctrine is important, but it's not ultimate. And as I've gotten older and walked with the Lord deeper the things that I've put inside of my to-die-for baskets, what I call it, the things that, that, that I would hold dear enough to lose a, my life over, to break fellowship over, the things in that basket, that basket started out pretty large, to be honest with you. Um, but as I've grown in the Lord and, and walked in His Word and with His Spirit, that basket is shrinking um, down to what we literally, I think, is redeeming the fundamentals of the faith back, the basics of the faith. The deity of Christ, the death, you know, uh, the atonement, um, the substitutionary death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, um, and as our our pastor friend Jim Young says, but don't forget the the uh, ascent, not just the ascension, but the the seating of Christ on the throne, the ascension to the throne. It's not just that he was raised from the dead; it's that after that he ascended to the right hand of the Father. That's a significant 
part of the story. Um, and those are fundamentals. The inherency of Scripture, the God-breathed nature of the, the Word of God, those are, are non-negotiables. But some of the things that I grew up with that were teachings, and they may even be good teachings out of the Scripture, but they're not the ultimate things in our goal in terms of walking with the Lord. Um, just like in, we, we talk about this all the time, it's a great example. The Old Testament rules and laws were given to Moses, and God said, make sure you do it right. But then later on, we find out that these are just shadows. And the reason that they were given the way they were is they were not the real thing. They were not the penultimate goal of what we were searching for. The whole idea was to interface with the God creator, God of the universe, to learn about Him, to, uh, to, to know more about Him and to feel His love, have a relationship with Him to reach the place like him and Moses did, where they were able to talk as friends. Then Pentecost came, and the Spirit was distributed among us, and we no longer had to go into the Holy of Holies and through a high priest. We all get to be operating as high priests and commune with God on a daily, hourly, constant basis. And that's the goal, the communion with, the learning of, the knowing of who God is. That's the thing. Everything else points to and leads us to that, including the teachings and the doctrines of Scripture. And the reason I think this is such an important thing to discuss, Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, Matthew 7, verse 7, I believe, um, it, it speaks of something that God really has a distaste for, and that's when we take the doctrines or the teachings of men and we present those as the teachings of God. I say it like this. I say it like, when we say, thus saith the Lord, but the Lord did not thus say, okay? Um, I'll give you some, some kind of silly but concrete examples. When I was growing up, um, I would hear from men that they didn't say it in these words. It was the, the idea that was presented is that the Lord said women cannot wear pants. Um, or the Lord has said you cannot go uh, to the movie theater or listen to country music or rock music or fill in the blank. Now, Parenthetical. There were arguments that could be made at some level for almost all of those things, such as it's not good for a woman to, uh, to dress in such a way that's provocative or revealing or things like that. I, I could have that conversation for quite a while and, and in agreement. Um, there are certain shows and movies we probably shouldn't watch because of their content and what we're feeding our brain with, whether it's visual or audible or whatever, or, or just subject matter. Could have that conversation for a while and be in agreement. Um, but when we get down to those things being exalted, is that's the goal. See, in Matthew chapter 28, he didn't say go out and make uh, people who do all of the things and do all of the doctrines that you have put in there. He says, you go out and make disciples which are followers of me, followers of the way, that obey all that He has commanded. And so there is this tension and this balance between when He gives us a doctrine and a teaching, it's important and He intends us to obey it and to follow it and to, and to live by it. The, the admonition is, is when we take the doctrines and the teachings that we've come up with and we present them as doctrines that He has come up with. And those are two very different things. But even stretching over both of them, the individual teachings themselves are not the end game. 
the end game is the knowledge and relationship with the Creator God of the universe through relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us. Those are the end games. And we're going, and it's not an all roads get to the same place kind of deal. That's not what I'm talking about. But there will be different flavors of it along the way. When we go to Mexico, um, culturally, they worship in a, a little bit different way than we do here. And frankly, I don't know a lot of places up here that it would even fly. Uh, it just It's just different. You go into Eastern Europe and into other places and down into, I know I've, I've watched some services online before of, of in some African villages and things. And man, it was just different. Um, and because there was cultural influence, some of it might even be said to be negative. But what we wanted to really focus on today was real simple, that the doctrine, the teaching itself cannot be, and is not, I believe, according to Scripture, the ultimate thing. In other words, we're not just trying to get people to conform. Our goal in sharing the gospel is to give them hope that they can have a relationship with the Creator God of the universe, that they can avoid the judgment of God that's coming against unrighteousness according to Romans chapter 6. It's the hope that lies in the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ that we're communicating. Not in, oh look, I've checked off all of these eight or ten things that, that I'm supposed to be doing, now what? When we do that, we get these legalistic, regimented, uh, legalistic, is what I'm looking for, um, religious organizations. That was what was wrong with the Pharisees. I mean, the Pharisees had the oracles of God. They were given by God, given to Moses, given down, handed down, and they were intentional. They were specific. And he said, take care. And then they took that and they started adding all their own stuff to it. And it's when we add all of our own stuff to it and, and just following the rules becomes the goal, that's when we get into trouble. And we see that with the Pharisees and the Jews of Jesus' day. They made their doctrines, their teaching their God, instead of using those teachings to get to the God of the teaching. And so my admonition to you today is really, really very simple. Be on guard for letting your teachings become your God instead of letting your teachings take you to the God of the teachings. That's why we constantly say you need to be staring God in the face, you need to be staring God in the face, because inevitably, as you're walking through this world, and you're seeking the Lord, and you're a Second Chronicles 16.9 kind of person, you're, you're perfect toward the Lord, you're fully devoted to Him, you're going to bump into stuff that doesn't meet your expectations, that looks different than what you know, that, that doesn't fit into the cookie-cutter box that you think about when you have defined in your mind of what it looks like to follow God. And you have to make discernments through the Spirit and through His Word and through staring God in the face about whether or not this is a a teaching or a way that, that's in that to die for basket? Does it need to be guarded against? I mean, because sound doctrine and, and guarding against false teaching and doctrine uh, is, is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He tells us to be careful that we're not following the, the doctrines or the teachings of demons. I mean, so there is an admonition to be careful about our teaching. But that also doesn't, but that doesn't give us the... Um, the permission to worship our teachings. We don't worship teaching. We worship a Savior. We worship God. We don't worship the teachings of Him. And so it's important. You may think that's kind of egghead. That's kind of academic. 
but it's really not if you think about it in practice. But because how many church organizations, how many groups of people have you been around to where they really practically are worshiping their way of doing things versus the God of the things? If you don't believe me, just go into that group and start doing things in a different way. You'll find out pretty quick what's being worshiped, whether it's God or whether it's their way of doing things. And when we're worshiping our way of doing things, even when it's the right way, but that's the ultimate thing, we've let our doctrines become our God, and even our good, sound doctrines can become idolatry. It's, a, it's kind of a terrifying thing because it looks right. It feels right. It sounds right on the outside, but it's a slight shift away from actually worshiping God to worshiping things about God. And that's just as much idolatry as Dagon was. So my admonition and my encouragement to you today is pretty simple, is don't let your doctrines, your teachings, become the thing that you worship. Always keep your face in God's face, keep your eyes towards Him, and keep pursuing Him. Um, I do want to thank Sean for being here with us today again. Um, it's really a blessing to have him with us. He doesn't get in front of the camera ever, but uh, one of these days maybe we'll get him out here and interview him. He's hiding behind the monitor right now. He said, yes, he'll get out here. He'll do an interview with us, and y'all can meet Sean. But it really is a blessing not to have to run the, the stream while you're also trying to, to talk and teach. Pray for Tim. I know he's sick, but uh, New Year's is coming up. We got a big uh, 2023 coming up already on the books. Um, so be in prayer for that. We, I mean, we're just packed. We're on February the 18th. I have to think a minute. We'll be having a um, how to study the Bible training course here at the Bridge Fellowship in Martin's Mill. Um, and so it's the registration is online at uh, thecrucialspire.org forward slash register. And uh, so if you want to go to that website, we'll put the I'll put the link in the comments. And uh, if you're wanting to register for that. Um, limited seats are available, but perfectly free if you'd like to join that. There'll be door prizes. We provide lunch. It'll be from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Bridge Fellowship Church here in Martins Mill. I encourage you to make your way to that. Pastor, if you're out there and would love to consider having us come into your church and do a how to study the Bible training for your people, I would love for you to come and audit the thing, come sit in on it, see what we do, see what the course looks like, see what the training workshop looks like. And, uh, and, and just come and fellowship with us and let us, let us serve you. And you can see if that's something that we might want to bring to your, to your church. Um, Tim and I have also been really trying to open up our pulpit supply ministry uh, this year. So if you're out there or your pastor is, doesn't have a stack of people waiting to fill the pulpit when they're out on vacation or get sick or whatever, um, we would love to, to come and serve you in that regard. We have Lots of references that we could, could send you to other pastors and churches to talk to um, to let you know that we're not crazy, um, or at least not in the Word, and, uh, and would recommend you know, us to you. So if you could, would entertain that and would maybe help, let us help you in that regard, we don't charge anything. We just want to come help the body. Send us an email at info at thecrucibusfire.org, and uh, we'll get back with you, and maybe we can work that out. Um, also coming up on February the... I believe the 5th, I think that's right, um, we'll be teaching at um, Church Under the Bridge in Tyler and helping them serve there. So if you're in the area, come out and, and see us there. We'd love to, to help you or to serve you and to let you help out that ministry out there. So we look forward to seeing you. I don't have a whole lot else. I'm glad you came. And don't forget, don't let your doctrines and don't let your teachings become your God.
Thank you for joining us today. Let's go learn, teach, repeat together. See y'all later.